the Memorare. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to your protection, implored your help, or sought your intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly to you, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To you I come, before you I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in your mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. All across the Gulf South, it's 7 a.m. Time to wake up on Catholic Community Media. Good morning, you're listening to Wake Up. On this beautiful Monday morning, you are tuning your heart to the truth. I'm Gabby Smith, along with Damian Clotto and David Dawson. In studio, Gabby Smith. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know you had legs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she, well, she, she, she may regret it by the end of the show. I know. I know. <laughs> yeah, I, I notice she's sitting on the far end. <laughs> yeah. You know, it so. does get pretty violent here, Gabby. Yeah, so uh, just to bear with violent, us. Not at all. <laughs> Today is uh, Martin Luther King Day, though. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. celebrating him, and uh, a lot of kids are out of school. You know, here they are. They were out of school. They're back out of school. And then tomorrow, if the weather's real bad, like it may be, they may be out of school again. Who knows? They may be never going back to school. (laughs) Oh, yes, they are. Oh, yes, they are. (laughs) Today is the feast day also of St. Devasahayan Pillai. Good, Damien. So we are going to offer up a prayer. It took a while to find his prayer, but we found it. Okay. So in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Almighty and merciful God, who brought your martyr, blessed Devasahayam Pillai, to overcome the torments of his passion, grant that we who celebrate the day of his triumph may remain invincible under your protection against the snares of the enemy. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. So if your child is born today and you're a good Catholic. Yeah. This is the name you got to give your child. Devasaheim. Yeah, you, yeah, you can not? nickname him like Devi. Yeah, I, that's what you. I would do. Yeah, a little bit. You're better. Come on, Devi. Come You're over better. here. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> we have a wonderful lineup for you today, starting off at 10 after. We have some events in our listening area we will give you details about. You can find all of these events at our website at ccmedia.live. In 18 minutes, we're taking it over to San Francisco. Dr. Kimberly Henkel will be with us. She is a founder and executive director of Springs of Love, which is a ministry to encourage, educate, and equip Catholics to discern and live out the call to foster and adopt. She's also a speaker for the Walk for Life West Coast, which is one of the largest pro-life marches in the United States, and it's right there in San huh. Francisco, California. We talk about this every year. Yeah, it just gets yeah. bigger and bigger. Does it? So the March for Life is this Friday mm-hmm. in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. There are various marches for lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, in buses week. are heading out as we speak. Yeah. From uh, Baton Rouge and Homa. And, yes. Uh, I'm and, sh- I imagine the New Orleans Archdiocese in New Orleans. Yes. They're all heading out today, I hear. And so, so especially in Louisiana, but mm-hmm. also we're going to talk about what they're doing over in the West Coast wow. as well. So looking forward to that conversation with okay. Dr. Henkel. In 35 minutes, Alan Migliorato joins us. He's a co-author of Failing Forward, Leadership Lessons for Catholic Teens Today. And we're going to be talking about raising Catholic teens in today's world. Mm. And in 48 minutes, Father Brett Mayer will join us in our Baton Rouge studio. He's a pastor over at St. Agnes Church in Baton Rouge. And we're going to learn a little bit more about the Feast of St. Agnes, which is coming up. So uh, he'll... Next 
week, I yeah. believe. Yeah, we'll give us so we get details. an early start. Great. Yeah, we'll give Great. us. Whenever I can get a priest to come in, I said yes. Let's because they're so Absolutely. busy. Absolutely. So we're going to learn a little bit more about Saint Agnes. Okay. Today. I mean, what they'll probably do for their church. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Good. Awesome. In the meantime, you better prepare and wrap your pipes if you haven't done it by now. Bring your pets in and your plants as well. Uh, you could uh, also expect a little bit of rain this morning with the clouds that are moving in. About a 40% chance, but it's more pop-up showers. The real rain won't get here till late this afternoon and overnight, early morning hours. Um, high today, 48, low 22, winds out of the north, 10 to 15. And uh, tomorrow, sunny, the high is going to be 39, the low 18, winds 15 to 20. Uh, no rain in the forecast for tomorrow. The Wet stuff's going to come overnight, as I said, so that's when it's going to get a little dicey. Currently, everybody in the 40s except home at Thibodeau. 51 degrees there. It's 5 after all. Wake up. Good Monday morning to you. I'm Father Chris Decker, and today's gospel comes from Mark chapter 2. The disciples of John and of the Pharisees were accustomed to fast. People came to Jesus and objected. Why do the disciples of John and the disciples of the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? Jesus answered them, Can the wedding guests fast while the bridegroom is with them? As long as they have the bridegroom with them, they cannot fast. But the days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast on that day. No one sews a piece of unshrunken cloth on an old cloak. If he does, its fullness pulls away the new from the old, and the tear gets worse. Likewise, no one pours new wine into old wineskins, otherwise the wine will burst the skins, and both the wine and the skins will be ruined. Rather, new wine is poured into fresh wineskins. We've heard the gospel, and now we reflect. In the Old Testament, God is depicted as Israel's husband. Thus, Isaiah wrote, For your maker is your husband. In today's gospel, Jesus reveals himself as the heavenly husband. What's more, Jesus views his whole public ministry as part of his wedding ceremony, which climaxes when the bridegroom is taken away from them. Jewish weddings were very festive occasions that lasted seven days. The groomsmen, called the sons of the bride chamber, assisted the bridegroom and prepared the wedding chamber. At the end of the wedding, they would carry the bridegroom, who was dressed as a priest wearing a crown, to the place of the wedding bed, when the bridegroom was taken away from them to be united with his bride. Then they and the other guests would respectfully depart. The climatic event of Jesus' wedding, however, was quite different. We are his groomsmen, but in our smug self-confidence, we neglected prayer and eventually we denied our Lord. Our attachment to this world led us to betray him with a kiss. In the immediate preparation, we tore his body apart with the lash of our sins of the flesh. Then our pride embedded a crown of thorns on his head as we ridiculed his royalty. Instead of joyfully carrying him to the bride chamber, our sins of indifference disobedience, and our lack of love beat and dragged him there as the weight of his wedding bed dug into his torn shoulder. Once there, our sins of immodesty 
tore off his seamless priestly robe, opening up the wounds on his scourged body. Finally, our accumulated sins nailed him to his wedding bed. Greater love has no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. As we reflect on these events, may the humble prayer of the tax collector become our plea. Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. Let us never again strike you with our sins. Have a wonderful day. This is Jimmy Sagers. Amen, Brother Jimmy, and thank you, Father Chris. And we have some events we'd like to share with you that you may want to attend in the very near future. One in particular happening in Baton Rouge, there will be a day of prayer, fellowship, and reflection. That's going to be on Saturday, March 9th. Now you're going, huh, Colada, what's up with that, man? That's two months away. Yeah, but it's fills up fast. And uh, so you want to go to this. It's at Sacred Heart Catholic Church. That's where Father Joshua Johnson hangs out. And it's going to be on Main Street, Baton Rouge. It'll be from 9 to 5. It's primarily for, if you're a member of the Knights of Peter Claver and their Ladies Auxiliary, or the Knights of Columbus and Ladies Auxiliary, all of you in the Diocese of Baton Rouge are asked to attend, as well as Catholic Daughters of America, and you're invited as well. So a lot of people involved with those organizations. You need to RSVP. To, the, to do that, go to diobr.org, or you can go to ccmedia.live, and you'll find all the details there. Yeah, and speaking of uh, booking early, we got a day of insight with Jeff Cavins, Bible scholar, Catholic evangelist, national, international and national speaker, and Bible timeline uh, author. Uh, he's going to be at Cypress Springs Mercedarian Center, and that's at George O'Neill Road in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I, I you can always look up the address, but it's George O'Neill Road. That's in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. That's Saturday, April the 20th. I know it's a good distance away, but uh, Damien, you're right. Some of these things, you better get in early and uh, get, you, get your tickets. Saturday, April 20th is from 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. And uh, he's, he's done this before. Mm-hmm. He comes in town and, and does these, and they are just wonderful. Tickets are $70 and includes continental breakfast, lunch, uh, materials, and access to the event for the entire day. So for more details, go to ccmedia.live. Great. Ladies, if you like to attend a tea social and be inspired at the same time, here's your chance. There will be a St. Joseph's Ladies Tea featuring guest speaker John Gatz. I hope I spelled her na- mm. said her name right. On Saturday, February 24th from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. at St. Joseph's Hall at St. Joseph's Cathedral in downtown Baton Rouge. You can host a table of six for $50 for this event. And the topic is titled Unwrapping God's Gifts in Your Life. Nice. You can go to ccmedia.live for more information. And St. George Catholic Church in Baton Rouge is starting a new woman's prayer group. It's entitled, It Takes a Village. Uh, They meet monthly. The first meeting is going to be January 22nd from 7 to 9 p.m. They'll meet in the Parish Hall, which is the Klein-Peter Activity Center, and they'll focus on Ignatian spiritual exercises and contemplative prayer in scripture so it should be rather interesting other meetings in the future will be in february uh, the 5th and march the 20th so more details go to ccmedia.live and then thursday january 18th that's this thursday is alexander's 
Holly Jolly event to benefit St. Vincent de Paul in Baton Rouge. It's a great event. It's got rare bourbons and whiskey. And Lathan and Kelly Alexander invite you to Alexander's Highland Market. That's Thursday, January the 18th from 4 to 7 p.m. Tickets are $15 each. That's it, $15 with a limit of 20 tickets per person. All proceeds go to the St. Vincent de Paul in Baton Rouge. So be there in person or get your tickets online at Alexander's Mark. Well, Alexander's MK. KT.com. That's Alexander's MKT.com to get your tickets. I'm going. Good. I will be there. Very nice. Well, real quick, on Sunday, March 3rd at 2 p.m., Bishop Michael Duca will celebrate a Mass at Most Blessed Sacrament Catholic Church honoring couples who have celebrated their 25th, 50th, or 60th and longer wedding anniversary during 2024. You can go to DIOBR for more information. That's Sunday, March 3rd at 2 p.m. in Baton Rouge. All right. Well, Dr. Kimberly Henkel is coming up, Executive Director of Springs of Love. We'll find out all about it as Gabby chats with her on Wake Up. This is Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day for January 15th. Today, we celebrate St. Devasahayan Pillai. Nila Kandan Pillai was born into an affluent Hindu family in 1712. As a young man, he went into the service of the royal household in India's Travancore province, where he became acquainted with Captain Delanoy, the Dutch naval commander who trained the King of Travancore's forces. Their relationship awakened Pillai's interest in the captain's Christian faith. At his baptism in 1745, Pillai chose the name Lazarus, or Devasahayan in the Malayalam language. Pillai was later imprisoned after his enemies convinced the royal court that he was using his position as head of state affairs to force others to convert. After three years, the king released Pillai on condition that he go into exile to a hostile territory. Though beaten and tortured almost daily, Pillai responded with kindness, openly praying for his captors. Shot to death by local soldiers in 1752, Pillai's body was transported to St. Xavier Church in Cotter, where it was later interred beneath the altar. In 2012, Devasahayan Pillai became the first Indian layman not connected to any religious institute to be beatified. Ten years later, he was canonized by Pope Francis. There's more about the saints, along with inspiration and Catholic resources, at our website, saintoftheday.org. For Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day. tuning your hearts to the truth. We're so glad that you are joining us today. And if you are sleeping in on this cold morning, you're so lucky. Uh, we're so <laughs> glad you're you with us. <laughs> oh my goodness. You know, this is such an exciting week for so many people. It just takes me back because the March for Life in Washington, D.C. is on yes. Friday. Mm-hmm. And I just remember the excitement and just the, the, the jitters of what's going to happen. How's it going to be? Yeah, Being, you, you got on a bus with all your stuff, yes. and you're going to be gone for a whole week. Yes. Yeah, that, even, that's, even as an adult, attending the March for Life in Washington, yeah. D.C. is incredible to see. And yeah. there's so many going around across the country this week and next weekend as well. Um, and so, and even Louisiana, take a look, prolifelouisiana.org has all of the marches for life in the uh-huh. state of Louisiana. You can check out. But let's go over to the West Coast in San Francisco because 
That happens to be one of the largest pro-life marches in the United States. It's the Walk for Life West Coast. It takes place in San Francisco. And Dr. Kimberly Hankel now joins us. She's a founder and executive director of Springs of Love, which is a ministry to encourage, educate, and equip Catholics to discern and live out the call to foster and adopt. She's also a speaker at the Walk for Life West Coast. Good morning, Dr. Hankel. Thank you so much for being with us today. Good morning. I'm so happy to be with you guys. <laughs> Tell us a little bit more about Springs of Love. This is a ministry I think that is so needed in today's world. And to, to be honest with you, this is the first time that I'm hearing about it. So tell our listeners a little bit more. Yes, yes. So Springs of Love is to really help Catholics to discern and live out that call to foster and adopt. And we're hoping to do this by also creating communities of support in our parishes so that we can really have a culture of fostering and adoption in our church. Mm -hmm. um, my husband and I, we struggled with infertility, and um, we didn't really know where to turn. We felt a little bit, you know, overwhelmed at the whole, all the options, right, for, you know, what, what do we do? Are we, are we ready to look into adopting? Are we ready to do this? You know, we were really grieving the fact that we couldn't get pregnant, and, um, we ended up, in turn, um, I ended up connecting with a friend from um, grad school. We went to the JP2 Institute for Studies on Marriage and Family, and she, too, was struggling with infertility. And we ended up founding a ministry called Springs in the Desert to help, yeah. really help couples who are struggling with infertility to grieve that loss, to come to terms with it, to, to find, you know, peace and to find that God is in the midst of that struggle and that he's calling each of our marriages to a fruitfulness. Um, and it looks different, right, for each yeah. for each couple. Mm -hmm. But for but for my husband and I, we you know I I was just feeling so pulled to to adopt, and um, so navigating that journey, trying to determine you know private, public, you know all the different ways, and we ended up kind of stumbling our way into fostering to adopt. Oh, wow. And so that is our story. We were, we were in these classes. I was looking around. You know, our eyes were just open to the reality of the 400,000 children in foster care and thinking, you know, why, why are we not hearing this, at the, you know, in our, in our parish? You know, I had never heard anything about uh, all the needs of all the foster children. And um, so we set out on that path to foster to adopt, and we ended up um, fostering a little boy and very surprisingly getting to adopt him, which was such, such a gift. Um, and then we ended up adopting our twin little girls. Oh and then goodness. we ended up um, adopting, uh, well, fostering and adopting one more little boy. Wow. So it was just this That's cool. miraculous, um, you know, story that we couldn't believe. And um, yeah, so we just wanted to share that. We wanted to be able to tell more, uh, more people about this, you know, beautiful calling of fostering and fostering adopting. And yeah. so we ended up starting this ministry about a year and a half ago. Amazing. And um, it's just, it's just been amazing. Yeah. Well, Dr. Hinkle, there's so many young adult couples that are in this boat. They are struggling to conceive. And there, I actually saw a GoFundMe page the other day for those who are wanting to adopt because it's so expensive to adopt, oh, even really? domestically. Is it? Okay. And so, huh. uh, and they've, they struggled for so long. But this is something, this is a ministry that kind of puts things into perspective as fostering to adopt. We've talked about about this with mm -hmm. Dr. Whidden. Mm -hmm. This is part of what it takes to 
of being pro-life. It's under that giant respect Absolutely. life tree, mm -hmm. I like to say. Um, but let's talk about, you're one of the speakers for the Walk for Life West Coast, which is the 20th anniversary is this year, January of 2024. It's amazing that this has become one of the largest yeah. pro-life marches in the United States, and it's right in California. And, and honestly, this is the one you don't hear about. Yes. You know what I mean? I you always hear about the Washington one and everything, but if this is larger than that, yeah. right? Is it? Well, I don't think it's... Is it larger? I don't know if it's larger than no, that. No, no. Oh, okay. I don't think so. Okay, I misunderstood. But it's one of the largest ones. Gotcha. But okay. tell us about the, the Walk for Life West Coast, with it being 20 years in, in San Francisco. That brings a lot of hope, I think. Absolutely. Um, this is actually going to be my first Walk for Life ah. West Coast. So <laughs> I am so excited to be going out there. But um, my, my good friends, uh, Dolores Meehan and Eva Maintain, are the founders. And they, their vision was really to show that abortion hurts women. Mm -hmm. You know, so often um, we're hearing in our culture that abortion is this, it's, a, it's kind of like a solution. It's a beautiful solution is what some people are trying to say. Like, this is, this is the only way that women can, you know, deal with an un, you know, a crisis pregnancy. Mm -hmm. And we're trying to show, I mean, that's what I love about the Walk for Life is the fact that, no, abortion deeply wounds women. And um, so their message is very positive. It's very uplifting. Um, they're just there to be a powerful, joyful witness to life. And um, so you see, like, all the smiling faces if you look at some of the other past walks. Um, you know, and, and there is a lot of, obviously, op opposition in San Francisco to this. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, there, it's a very peaceful, joyful, family-oriented uh, uh, walk just to stand for the beauty of life and the beauty of so many. It brings hope to so many in the community in California who maybe feel like they're outnumbered yeah. and to show so many people, 50 to 80,000 people gathering to, um, to stand together is, is just such a powerful witness. Mm -hmm. Even with the overturn of Roe versus Wade, the fight is not over. We need to continue oh, to stand no, firm just because mm -hmm. this is an important year for mm -hmm. many reasons. So uh, watching how the pro-life movement continues, what do you think is the biggest challenge facing the pro-life movement right now? Um, I think that, uh, you know, staying focused on that, it, 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 that I think that we need to show that there are other options out there. Um, I think so many times, right now there's a book coming out next month, I don't know if you heard, called Relinquished. And this woman, uh, a sociologist, studied the, she studied women who had chosen to place their children for adoption mm -hmm. over a course of 10 years. She, she did this long, longitudinal study. And her conclusion is that being a birth mother, placing her child for adoption is actually more damaging to the woman and more harmful to the woman than if she had just had an abortion. Hmm. And so this is something I'm going to be talking about at the walk that, um, that this is, this is not true. It is hard for a woman to place a child, but we need to be better at walking with her after she has placed yes. her child for adoption. And this is something we're trying to do at Springs of Love is we're trying to create a community of support for birth moms, for birth dads, you know, who've made that heroic decision, or maybe they've had their children even taken from them, that we don't just abandon them, that we want to continue to walk with them and love them and help them to heal from that. So that is kind of, 
you know, one of the things that, I mean, Springs of Love that we're looking at is trying to, to really show that we are walking with women. We have this, you know, beautiful work right now, this effort in the Catholic Church to really be walking with women after the birth of their children. Mm-hmm. And we can do this whether they have chosen to parent or if they have chosen the heroic, um, you know, act of, of choosing a family to adopt your, their ch- children. So um, we want to continue to develop that because that's an area that I see is, is of great need. Absolutely. And I think that's the argument with the pro-choice movement is, oh, you only support the woman when the child is born and, and then, then that's that, the end. That's right. Then after but that, you're right. You, right. We need to walk with women mm-hmm. and men who have experienced this, walk with the child. It's, it's, fr- it's throughout life. It is. You know, and so that's right, part absolutely. of it as well. Um, it, amazing. And that goes into the fostering as well. Yes. Absolutely. Oh, go ahead. Dr. Mm-hmm. K- uh, Kimberly Henkel, she's the founder and executive director of Springs of Love. Where can we go to find out more about your ministry and also take a look at the Walk for Life West Coast? Maybe listen in on your uh, speaking as well. Yes, yes. Um, well, you can go to springsoflove.org, and um, we've got a lot of resources for parishes. We're trying to start up small groups um, for foster and adoptive families, for birth mothers, for adoptees. We're trying to like really uh, you know, support and walk with the entire, all of those who are touched by fostering and adoption. We also have a video series that is on our website, and that video series, Springs of Love, Fostering and Adoption Stories, mm-hmm. is on Formed and EWTN mm-hmm. On Demand. Nice. And, um, yeah, and, and uh, yes, please go to the Walk for Life <laughs> West Coast uh, website to get all the latest uh, information of all the other beautiful speakers that are going to be there. Yes, yeah. there's so many. Thank you so much, and we'll be praying for you. Thank you for being with us today. All right. Thank you. All right. That was Dr. Kimberly Henkel. I have all of her information on Springs of Love, her ministry, and the Walk for Life West Coast in the comment section. Yeah. Today's Facebook Live. She's special. That, that is really good. I mean, that, that ministry is much needed and not talked about enough, I think. I think so, too. Well, stay with us. Alan Migliorato joins us to talk about raising Catholic teens in today's world. It's half past the hour on Wake Up. Thirty-five after the hour. Happy Monday morning, everyone. Chilly one out there. Bundle up before you hit the road. In the meantime, here's our regular friend, Alan Migliorato. He's never afraid to join us on a Monday morning. Uh, co-author of Failing Forward Leadership Lessons for Catholic Teens Today. Good morning, Alan. Hopefully you're feeling well. I hear a little coughing in the background. but uh, Despite that, hey, uh, today's topic. Setting goals for your teens. Wow, that that could be a challenge, huh, brother? It it really is. I wanted to share a scripture with you this morning really quick. This is from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 14, verse 28, if you're you're interested. Sure. Which of you desiring to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it? Now, this is kind of like a (laughs) tongue-in-cheek for me, because there's there's a building here on Interstate 4 in Orlando, that has not been completed. It's called the, we call it the tower, right? <laughs> so it's not been completed for like 25 years. We call it the I-4 eyesore. Oh, and, wow. and I'm like, I want to make this scripture and like put it on a board right next to this building. But uh, I have not yet done that. I can because I have a sign company. But, but yeah, that's right. Right. You do a billboard. Yeah. Hey, nobody's stopping <laughs> you. Or one. maybe. <laughs> that's great. 
But that that correlates with today. Which is uh, you got to have it a does. plan, and and then you got to lead the way. But without a plan, you don't know where you're going. Right. And so, how do we set goals for our team? First of all, and I know this. I get the eye roll when I do this, but we have to set goals for ourselves as adults and follow through. So when we encourage our teams to do it, they can see, okay, we're not just talking the talk. We're, we're walking the walk, you know, and, and it's okay to fail at some of these goals, but we need to try, right? So we mm-hmm. need to put forth that effort. So the very first thing that we do, and this, I think we skip over this so many times, and it's a shame, pray about the goals. Pray about each goal mm-hmm. that you're, that you're going to try to accomplish this year and, and make it for the glory of God for for becoming a better Catholic. How is this goal going to help me become a better Catholic? Am I going to be a better Christian because of what I'm go- my goals that I want to set this year? So if we don't pray about these goals, it really doesn't matter what we do, because it might be our desire and might not be God's desire for our life. And, and really the goal here is to follow God's will. So we say, I want to make more money, and that means I'm going to spend less time at church and doing ministry because I want to concentrate on making money. Is that really a goal that you've prayed about? Probably not. Right. Right? I mean, probably not. Maybe you do need to step back out of ministry, and you may, and it may, God may say, yeah, you know, you're, you're, you're doing so much. You need to also concentrate and bring me into your everyday life. Don't just worship me at church. Worship me during your business hours. Worship me, you know, when you're watching TV at night. Worship me on every website that you go to on your phone, mm-hmm. you know, and that might be a way to say, wow, like, that, that's really praying about my goals. Right, and the second thing yeah. that, that I would encourage you to do is write them down. If you can write down some yep. goals, you can actually see what they're, you know, what what you're trying to accomplish. Because, and <clears throat> excuse me, I never really did any of this growing up, but as I started owning my own business, I started writing down some goals, and it really made a difference mm-hmm. because I could see, okay, here's where I'd like to go, here's where I am, how do I need to get there, what do I need to, what next step do I need to take, and I'm going to pray about it again. Right? So we don't just pray in the beginning. It's like we don't make the sign of the cross and then tag in, tag out. No, we're, we're praying the whole time. We're talking to God about this the whole time. We never stop talking to God. Right. And not, God, what cereal should I pick up off the shelf? But, you know, like, hey, you know, I'm, 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 praying. I'm going to this you. store. I hope, you know, like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get this cereal, but I'm going to say a prayer for those who can't, who can't afford the cereal. Oh, that, who may be hungry go. right now. No, there that's true. And, and, and prayer is powerful. I just came back from my silent retreat at Manresa, and that's what you do all four days is you do a lot of praying. And you, it's funny you mention goals and you write them down. I do that every day before I start my day. Wow. I write down my goals as to what do I want to achieve. Do I achieve them all? No. But they're written down for a reason so I can focus on them. And um, it, it doesn't matter if it's short or long-term goals, right, Alan? No. It, it, I think when we set, we set goals, we want to re- have something that's attainable, right? Not, yep. not easily attainable, but that we have to stretch ourselves for. That we, all can, we can set long-term goals, but if we're setting – in the beginning of the year right now, if we're setting a five-year goal for ourselves, we need to make stepping stones along the way because five years is a leap. That's but, a big you know, jump. Maybe a yeah. month or three months is a, is a little bit easier of a step. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah, it's good to make leaping goals, but let's make stepping stone goals too so mm-hmm. that we can see our progress. And make the goals exciting. You know, I mean, we want to – and by excitement, I mean something that brings hope. You know, let's – I, you know, I want to I accomplish something. I'm ex- am I excited when I accomplished it because it's something that I didn't think that I could do without God, right? 
yep. and something that will maybe build our community. So there's all kinds of goals that we can set, but we want to make sure that we're bringing God into everything. And, and here's, here's the thing. Like you mentioned, you know, long-term goals. Make sure that you're writing down a goal. Like I'm gonna, I want to lose 20 pounds, just for as, a, as an example, right? Mm-hmm. Because maybe I could live a better, healthier life, and I could take care of my family better if I was healthier. Mm-hmm. When do I want to do this by? And and so putting a deadline, right? Putting a date that you'd like to ac- accomplish these goals by really makes a difference because it's like, yeah, I want to lose 20 pounds. Well, over the next 10 years, you know, so I lose, right. You know, a, a two pounds two a pounds year. A year. Yeah. No. <laughs> That's or Dave's I wait plan. till the 10th year, and then I drop those 20 in the last month. I mean, yeah. I could have done it in the first month if yeah. I could do it in the last month. Right. Yeah. So and, something and that, we can, that we can have a deadline for. That's, that's exactly right. And, uh, you, you know, goals are going to change along the way sometimes, and we have to be able to adapt to that. But you mentioned something uh, as, as far as goals go. I think it's always important to celebrate the achievement of a goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we can reward reward ourselves. You know, not not huge rewards. And I I really struggle with that because I I just don't think of like rewarding myself as ever something that I I should do. But I know like just even receiving from somebody else I struggle with. So that's just an Allen thing. But I think rewarding yourselves like small rewards. And my mom did made me do that one time when I first started my business. She's like, you know, you need to reward yourself for something. And I'm like, okay, well maybe I'll go out to dinner. She goes, there, go out to dinner, enjoy yourself because you did a, you had a really good month. Go enjoy yourself. And I was like, it felt good. I don't do it as often as I probably should. But, um, you know, I think that's a, that's a great way. I, I'm not a big believer in changing goals along the way so that we can succeed falsely. I'd rather fail and know what I need to change next time. Oh, so, like, if I'm, yeah. if I'm setting a goal for myself, I'm not going to say, well, I'm not going to do that, but I'll, I'll reduce it, and then I can celebrate because I hit that goal. Right. No, it's okay to fail. Yeah. You know, I think it's okay Definitely. to fail and, and recognize that failure. Well, that's right. It's also forming you, you as a, a leader. As well, if nothing else, leading yourself to a better lifestyle and a better life in general. Uh, you know, the, the the key to that, though. Yeah, you ever hear of the SMART method regarding goals? I bet you have. If I not, have. I can't remember what let me, let me, and, and It's an acronym, and, and I want you to expound on it in, in our final minute. But SMART, S is for specific, focus on the key goal. M is for measurable, be able to measure it. You've touched on these already. Attainable is the A, so how attainable is that goal? By writing it down, you'll find out. Be realistic in the process, and then time-bound. Always have a time element tied to a goal. Yeah, that pretty much covers what Alan was saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's pretty smart. Man, I got That's all a, of those things. You I did. Yeah. Smart. You, you, you are should smart. take yourself you out to dinner. You were using the smart <laughs> method. <laughs> smart method. I, I, Man, think, if I, I could just put my, myself into an acronym ahead of time. I think I would seem so much more intelligent. <laughs> yeah. I, I love it. I tell you one thing, though, I really do appreciate, and you said it from the get-go. You pray before you set any of these goals as yep. you pray. And I did learn a while back, too, that when you do your daily planner and you set it all down, that the, the first thing you put down is prayer. And then as you're putting your items down that your goals for the day or your tasks for the day, pray over that, too. Yeah. And it's so fascinating to see how God has been involved mm-hmm. in our goals, you know, and, and where they lead us. Yeah, and part it's, of that prayer fantastic. needs to be uh, gratefulness. Absolutely. And as getting that next step accomplished, moving toward the end goal. But I think that part is, uh, Alan's right, I think that part is left out the most. Mm. Well, not not here on this yeah. show. <laughs> I think something, too, is when we set goals and we're constantly setting goals, sometimes we forget to appreciate where we're at 
and, and that God's with us right where we are. And so sometimes, you know, setting goals and, and like I'm an achiever, so like I like to move forward and, and set goals and do things like that. But I also forget sometimes that how to be, to be grateful with what I have and, and to appreciate what God's given me and, and really just appreciate my day. So like when I feel that way, and I do feel that way at times, just kind of stop everything, take a very deep breath. And like, I know with me, like I'm a tree hugger, right? So like, I'll go, I'll go sit, I'm sitting at a park right now in my car. Take and a deep just, breath right now because we got to wrap up the segment. Don't give up. Glad having you. AdventureCatholic.com. <laughs> Forty-eight past the hour, you are tuning your heart to the truth. I'm David Dawson, along with Gabby Smith, who is in studio, and Damian Colada, who's always in studio. And right now in studio, we have Father Brent Mayer. He's the pastor of St. Agnes Church in Baton Rouge, and welcome. Thank you. It's good to have you here. We've Great been talking be about all the events that you've been having going on. St. Agnes is really getting to be an active parish in downtown Baton Rouge. Mm-hmm. I think that's a beautiful thing. And uh, we're going to talk about St. Agnes. Her feast day is coming up. Uh, Sunday. Sunday. This is coming mm-hmm. up Sunday, right? That's and correct. I don't know much about her. She's a phenomenal saint. Okay. Uh, she was um, martyred for the faith in around the year 304. Uh, so right at the beginning of Diocletian's uh, reign, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Diocletian, pretty much anytime you read about a virgin martyr, Diocletian. it was Diocletian. Yep, that's you know, right. it's that's kind right. of a given. That was his, his niche market that he that he preferred to persecute. Um, and so. The uh, yeah, so she was she was 13 years old when she was martyred. Oh wow! And uh, it was kind of the, your your standard your standard scenario where they mm-hmm. you know the all the guys you know thought she was just absolutely beautiful and wanted to wanted to have her as as their spouse and and she said no, I've consecrated myself to Jesus Christ and uh, I'll have no other spouse than Him and. That doesn't sit well with no, the guys. And so, uh, yeah, eventually, you know, you, you try a bunch of scare tactics, you know, putting, putting her, you know, kind of the, the thought was, oh, she's a 13 year old girl. She's just a, just, you know, she'll be scared with whatever we throw at her. Sure. And, and, um, you know, she'll just cower and, and kind of bow down to, to what we desire. And, and they put her, put her in front of all the uh, various instruments of torture and things, and wow. said, "All this is your future, you know, but you can change." And she said, "No, I'll, wow. I'll take the rack, please. Thank you." Yeah. And she was rather <laughs> joyful about it. Really? Um, and the the account indicates that uh, that when she was imprisoned, the 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 shackles on the on the the cuffs were too big because uh, she was such a small girl mm-hmm. um, that mm-hmm. they wouldn't stay on her hands. Mm-hmm. They would fall right off over her over yeah, her hands because yeah. she was just 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 a, a little girl, but but full of uh, full of courage. Wow! Um, and uh, that whenever she was going to her martyrdom, uh, they said that that she went to her martyrdom uh, with greater joy than most brides go to their wedding day. Wow. Really? Yeah. So wow. it's beautiful. Wow. And you're talking the year, you said 303. 303 now, a yeah. lot of times folks are always talking about the Diocletian suppression or oppression or mm-hmm. reign. Talk about that, because a lot mm-hmm. of folks don't know what that is. Yeah. So it's part of that, uh, the first few hundred years of the church where where there were kind of uh, intermittent, like the, the the faith was always kind of outlawed at that point, uh-huh. uh, but there were there were some uh, some of the some of the, the Caesars or some of the Roman emperors who took that a bit more seriously. Um, Said we're going to wipe them all out. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. and you know we we can look at I think it was Nero and whenever they the the city caught fire and they just blamed it on Christians and so 
uh, just started wiping them out then. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, and there was a, there's a point of, you know, there was a, a cultural rebellion that was essentially happening because Rome, you know, you worship the Roman gods, you bowed down to the Roman emperor and mm-hmm. there was this kind of thing, but the Christians, uh, they didn't do that. Right. Uh, you know, when they brought St. Agnes to, to the foreign, to the Roman gods to offer incense, which was their, their form of worship, uh, they said she wouldn't, she wouldn't offer the incense. Uh, she only made the sign of the cross. Oh, wow. Uh, so <laughs> like in your face. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly, yeah, yeah. okay. um, and so it was. It was kind of a, a social, a social, you know, piece to it as well as as religious. Yeah. Uh, and so the the emperors often saw it as as kind of a an upheaval in society. Yeah. And wanting to maintain the peace, and so just. So we just got to we got to we got to tamp this down, and we got to wipe them out. Mm-hmm. My goodness. Okay. And so she stood up to that little tiny girl, mm-hmm. thirteen years old, and everything. It's just it's just those those are they're not that's she sounds a little stronger than your typical martyr, but I mean all martyrs are strong, aren't yeah. they? Yeah. You know, yeah. God's grace. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. So what are y'all doing uh, for the parish? What are y'all doing to celebrate? Y'all just had yeah. an incredible event. Yeah, uh, we did uh, this weekend. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, we had the the Chetam Agni, the the Saint Agnes Gala this past Friday evening uh, in, in kind of proximity to our feast uh, and so I had a had a fantastic sold out sold out crowd and yes. and uh, miss uh, miss Kathleen Beckman came in and, and gave a, a beautiful talk on on spiritual spiritual warfare spiritual authority of parents and mm-hmm. godparents and uh, just a, a really beautiful time had a fantastic fundraiser and great food and all sure um, but you know kind of that's that was our starting point we're leading into uh, leading into the feast of Saint Agnes uh, which this year will feel a little bit different we're also tomorrow morning we're starting our organ restoration project so we're oh. working to restore the organ which cool. means they're going to start disassembling it tomorrow morning so oh we'll, boy we'll begin the feast of St. Agnes with no music, yeah. uh, oh, wow. with no organ to celebrate triumphal entry. That is back to the year three hundred three. Um, yeah, yeah, so it's a little a little different, but um, but yeah, we're gonna have we're gonna have beautiful you know beautiful liturgies as we always do, and and uh, hopefully a decent homily. We'll see if the if the okay. Well, we know, can help you out with that. Comes in there, yeah, and then. Um, we're going to have Vespers, uh, sung Vespers on Sunday evening. So we oh, do that typically my. once a month, but okay. uh, we're going to especially honor St. Agnes and have uh, at 5 p.m. Sunday evening at St. Agnes, we'll have uh, Adoration of the Blessed Sacrament together with sung Vespers and uh, yeah, just a, a half hour of silence that follows for quiet resting in the Lord and wow. conclude with benediction. So. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is St. Agnes Catholic Church. It's in downtown Baton Rouge. Mm-hmm. It's uh, right off of Government Street. Mm-hmm. Uh, easy access, easy uh, access from the interstate. Uh, you you can see it right there from the interstate. So yeah. if someone is coming into town and such, well, what what's a good time to get there for that, for the Vespers? Because I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we, we start, typically try to start right at 5, so you can... Come in wheel screeching at four fifty nine. You'll be right on time. It's usually, but, what I do. You yeah, know, if yeah. you want to get there a few minutes early, you're welcome to do so. <laughs> okay. Well, look. Thanks for joining us oh, uh, this you. morning. Uh, before we let you go, could you uh, leave us with a prayer? Certainly. And a blessing. Absolutely. All right. Father, we thank you for this day and for the graces you bestow upon us. We pray that you would help to open the ears of our heart to hear your voice as you speak to us today, that you would draw us close to yourself and help us to do your holy will. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. 
Amen. Amen. Father Brett Mayer, thanks once again for, yes. well, especially coming in studio. We yes. always love that. Always you love know. it. Me get coffee Great to see you all in the morning, get yeah. some delicious coffee. You know? Yeah. See yeah. people who are actually all awake. Things. All good things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, come um, on. He has mass all the time. It's I know. true. That's yeah. true. But Before is everybody awake out there? Yes. That's what I'm wondering. That's the question. <laughs> well, I'm just so grateful because priests are always so busy, especially these days, you guys. Mm. It seems like you're stretched so thin. So the fact that you're taking the time out of your day to be Amen. in studio with us, we're grateful. Paul. So thank you so much. Mm -hmm. uh, fun fact, and I think I say this every time Father Brent is on our show, I met you when you were Deacon Brent Mayer mm -hmm. on our trip to Steubenville. Oh, wow. And that's, yeah, really? we were on the same bus together. Yeah. Okay. And it, I have a picture of you going crazy. That's, that's and all of us going crazy. We were having a good yeah. time. So anyway, thank you for I being I don't picture you going crazy, so I would like to see I'm that gonna picture. I'm going to pull it up. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. For life pictures and things. Yeah. And yeah. incriminating evidence. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, th thank you so much, everyone, for joining us and viewing us this morning. We're so grateful that you are tuning in at your heart to the truth. We have a wonderful lineup for you tomorrow. We have some events in our listening area. Of course, we will give you details details about. There's so many wonderful things going on out there. Archbishop Gregory Amen will join us, Archbishop of the Archdiocese of New Orleans. He's going to take us back in time history on the history of, of carnival season in yes. New Orleans. So cool. what better person to give us details on that than the Archbishop? And there, uh, Alex Sagers joins us. She's the Director of Education for Louisiana Right to Life. She's going to be giving us details on the various marches for life uh, in Louisiana this week. And Susan Sammons joins us, Catholic author. She's going to prepare us for Lent, which is only a few weeks uh, away. Yeah. You might as well start preparing. Yes. Yeah. She mm -hmm. has a book called The Stations of the Cross in Slow Motion. So if you're trying to figure out what to do for Lent. Oh, wow. Maybe this is the That's book for you. There's Damien. That sounds like contemplation. <laughs> And special thank you, Jeff Blackwell, our audio director, and Karen Cotton, our video technical director, for all the wonderful work they have done for yes. today's show, moving, running around, switching cameras, making us look and sound amazing. Have a wonderful Monday. Stay safe. Stay warm. God bless. Up is a production of Catholic Community Media.